Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Forest Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week, along with special guest, Mrs. Forest Ghost Conversations, Elise King, we're going to take a deep dive look into season two episodes of The Bad Batch titled The Summit and Plan 99. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter and Hive at Forest Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Forest Ghost Conversations. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening side of choice. Plus, Forest Ghost Conversations is now live on Patreon. If you're a fan of the podcast and would like to consider pledging your support, there will be a link in the episode description for you to check out the various tiers offered. Finally, please be sure to check out our Tee Public store to buy some Forest Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it is time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. All right, everybody, welcome back to another incredible incredible discussion of force ghost conversations here where of course on the other side of this break elise king mrs force ghost conversations and i will discuss and break down all that takes place in the climactic season two finale of the bad batch and that certainly is something you don't want to miss out on here uh so just be ready for that on the other side of this very short break here then it's going to be so fun so heartbreaking so emotional just get ready for it all. It's it's going to be a, one of those touching episodes that I think will be probably one of our best at the end of the day here. Um, but yeah, thanks to everybody for supporting our 100th episode this past week on Forest Ghost Conversations. Just wanted to say thanks again for your support and for listening all over the past couple of weeks here, months, over the last year. It's just been a great ride. I look forward to bringing many, many more conversations to you in the near future here. Also, I just want to give a quick plug to CouchCon, which will be taking place starting tomorrow at the time of the release of this episode, Thursday, April 6th. So at 6.30 p.m., we'll be doing an Instagram Live. Ask me anything on our Instagram site, which is, of course, Force Ghost Conversation. So you'll be sure to follow us there so that you can engage in the conversation. Feel free to ask me anything. Let's have a conversation about all things Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Willow, whatever. Let's have a fun, interesting um, uh, time. In getting ready for celebration, of course, we'll be doing that live from uh, Gordon Ramsay's Fish and Chips, which is a local restaurant here at uh, in the D.C. area, which I know is a little bit of a chain. So maybe some around your neck of the woods, but we have one here in D.C. and I will be uh, doing our Instagram live from that place. So um, feel free to ask me anything while we're there and uh, while I'm eating some fish and chips and kind of just getting to the London mood of it all. And then, of course, during out the four days of celebration, April 7th through 10th, we'll be doing live streams, uh, tweeting of the live streams from the actual events at celebration, all the interviews and panels, hopefully, that they'll be presenting on. We'll be live streaming that. Or, no, we won't be live streaming, but StarWars.com will be live streaming it. And, of course, we will be tweeting alongside um, to give out all the news and information that we receive from celebration during that time. We will also be doing... Um, YouTube 
recap live streams on our YouTube page at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for uh, those of us at home that aren't able to be at Celebration, just to kind of lend your voice, talk about the cool, fun things that have been happening at Celebration over the last couple of days, um, and to geek out about all the cool announcements and trailers and, and all the other news that could be coming out during that time. Um, so that's going to be great. You can be sure to you know go to our YouTube page, Force Ghost Conversations, subscribe to it so you don't miss out. And um, yeah, just have a great time with all that in general. And then also to create a other sense of camaraderie for all of us that are at home, we're going to be doing two watch-alongs. Uh, and by watch-along, I mean I'm going to be playing it uh, at my house, and I hope that you um, play it on your own devices at your own home as well. Um, and uh, we'll be live-tweeting uh, those episodes and movies. So what we'll be doing is on Friday, April uh, 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we'll be uh, doing a watch-along of... The Mandalorian Chapter 1, The Mandalorian, which is um, on Disney+. Plus. So just pull up your Disney Plus account on uh, that Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, hit play and tweet along. You can follow along with our conversation and to join in the conversation yourself with the hashtag, hashtag Mando Watch Along. And let's have some fun talking about that. And of course, for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, we'll be watching that on our Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time watch along. Uh, so uh, just if you want to join in on that conversation, just again, put in the Return of the Jedi on whatever format that you've got it, whether it be VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, Disney Plus. Hit, hit play at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time and then uh, tweet along with hashtag ROTJ watch along so you can engage in the conversation that we've got going on there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that you're able to join us for as much of uh, CouchCon as I'm appropriately dubbing it as you would like. It's just a great way that we can have some more camaraderie for those of us that are at home that aren't able to be physically in London for Star Wars Celebration over the next couple of days here. Um, but yeah, that concludes all the news. We won't be covering any of the news, of course, because there probably isn't any Star Wars news at this point. Uh, all the news will be taking place over the next couple of days here at Star Wars Celebration. So get ready for all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, be sure to hit us up on all the social media channels so that we can continue. So we can continue the conversation um, as we head into all this here. So that's all I had for this uh, preamble before the episode. On the other side of this break here, we'll be back with our discussion about the season two finale episodes, the summit and plan 99 for the Bad Batch. Stay tuned, folks. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Forest Ghost Conversations. I'm so thrilled. I mean, it, this is this is going to be a wild episode. Let's be honest here. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tragic. But I hope that we can find some joy and positivity and fun out of it at the end of the day. Uh, let's bring in our guest here. <laughs> Elise King, Mrs. Forest Ghost Conversations. Welcome back to the podcast for this climactic season two finale, these last two episodes. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for everybody. Um, if you haven't seen these two episodes, uh, what are you doing? Go watch it now. I, I, can't, I can't help you at this point. <laughs> go watch season two. Come back to this point. Go listen to other episodes. Get caught up and all of that. You're, you're spoiler warned for this point. R.I.P. Tech. 
You said that too cavalierly. R.I.P. Tech. R.I.P. Tech. How are you doing, Elise? That that's the only question that I have <laughs> this entire episode. How are you doing? We knew it was coming. We knew someone was doomed. I truly, in my heart of hearts, wish so hard for it to be anyone but the Bad Batch. Fee, fine. Fee, fine. Sid, fine. And I know anybody else. I know the bad. I know the Bad Batch fans are gonna come for me that, for this. I would even have been moderately okay if it had been Crosshair, which I knew that wasn't gonna happen, but. It was tech. It was tech. Yep, it was tech. And you want to know why? Why was it tech? Because he fell in love. He fell in love. Yes, and the, that de- is the death the, sentence. The death sentence in Star Wars. <laughs> yep, no, nothing ever good comes from falling in love in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, well, as you know, I sobbed. You, um, my eyes out. You had an emotional run through of emotions for. A long time. You, you couldn't even rewatch the episode. I had to watch him with headphones in beside you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. I couldn't. It's too fresh. It'll be too fresh years from now. No, I know myself. So audience background, I get very attached to characters. Like that, she does. Harry Potter spoiler alert. Although this is wild, if you don't know this, when I learned Dumbledore, like when I read Dumbledore died. For 72 hours, I was a nightmare to be around. My mother finally had to sit me down and be like, this is enough. Yeah, I gave you 72 hours of grieving for someone fake. (laughs) So this isn't new for me. But considering at the beginning of this whole journey, I proudly acclaimed Bad Batch is my Star Wars story. This is how I identify with the fandom and the, the legacy the best. It hurt. Sidebar, because I'm curious, when you read Dumbledore, do you see old, like, Harry Potter 1 and 2 Dumbledore? Do you see 3 through 7 Dumbledore, or do you see a different Dumbledore? 3 through 7 is how I pictured him in my head. Okay. I just picture Gandalf the Grey, (laughs) personally. To me, those two are very similar, like, those two types of Dumbledore. No, no. 3 through 7 is Gandalf the White, to me. Okay, well, that's a different podcast. They inject, like, some lo- some life into that Dumbledore versus Deathbed, which, I mean, that poor guy did die. <laughs> Gandalf in The Hobbit is, like, pretty sprightly. Hey, he's grumpy. They're all grumpy all the time. He's crazy. He's Gandalf's he's, he's gray. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. Okay, we're getting we, we talk about that on, a, on our Lord of the Rings conversations and Harry Potter combos offside. Anywho, yeah, tech. Back to tech. Poor guy. <laughs> Every time you say it, it just sounds glib. Mm. It, let me tell you, it didn't feel any better watching it again, knowing no. it was coming, too. Anyway, that whole tangent was, I can now read Harry Potter, albeit it's been 16-plus yeah. years. I can read it and enjoy it, and, you know, I get over it. It, yeah. <laughs> it hurts less and less every time. You but become, I did, You become more numb to it, I guess, right? I did go to bed with that image of tech looking up from the line about mm-hmm. to cut the rope or shoot the rope off. Yeah. When have we ever followed orders? Over and over and over and over again. Mm. It hurt. It hurt real bad. It hurt real bad. 
Do you think it's an appropriate send off for tech? No, appropriate as he lives. Well, if, if he had to die, would you rather it be in this situation or something else, I guess? Um, I mean, I think for any of the Bad Batch, the, the, it's, the honorable death is sacrificing yourself so mm-hmm. your family can survive. Yeah. And Tech knew he was doing that. Yeah. So I think there's peace in that. Oh, God. And as a soldier, too. I mean, it's it's the ultimate form of love, right? It's sacrifice yeah. for your, your, your comrades, your brothers, your friends. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I don't think it's tech specific. I think for any of them, that's mm-hmm. what I would hope it would be. Um, it was, the, the I will say the writers, the showrunners, director, they did a great job because it was a really emotional scene. You felt the weight of it. He felt the emotion of it. It's stuck with me for since. So yeah. Good job. I hate you and, and I love you. <laughs> the part that was second underneath the actual event of what happened there for text passing, like that whole scenario is it hurt me so much to see Wrecker not be able to do anything to help. Oh yeah, the helplessness. Like that was that was probably more so like Tech had the agency of doing what he did. Like, I allow him to have that. But, like, Wrecker coming to grips of, I'm the strong one. I can't do anything here. And my if strength I move, is actually... takes everybody out. <laughs> yeah. the My strength is actually hindering me mm-hmm. at this moment. Like, D. Bradley Baker does such a great job with the Wrecker grunts. Mm-hmm. And I felt it more so than any time ever before when he's like... like he, you just feel that pain. And his dictation there. Yeah, Wrecker, he does a good job because he communicates Wrecker's emotions through sound for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was because they had gotten out of tight spots a million times. Mm-hmm. And, and just realizing, like, time had run out. Yeah. If it had to be against any enemy, I, I'm glad it's Tarkin's base like of operations like one of the ultimate baddies of yeah, the empire yeah yeah so i'm a little emotional as you should it's a you know it's still fresh <sighs> whoever says animation is not storytelling or whatever i'm like <laughs> go back to my tears thank you because this was wild and it hurt real mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. So the planet that they're on there is Tarkin's homeworld, Eriadu, and it's in heavily featured in the book Tarkin. It's like an eagle's nest. It's so high up in the clouds. It is, and it's very mountainous. Um, and they didn't show the surface of it per se, but the intriguing thing about Eriadu, which it may come up again, I don't know, is like there's a rite of passage, if you will, for people in the of that community where it's it's a harsh landscape obviously it's a harsh landscape you could get that sense from it but like there are there are like literal like creatures all over the place that will literally deal out death it's very much a primitive like not necessarily primitive but like predatorial planet and for a rite of passage you basically have to like live in the mountain and kill something and bring it down 
Oh, I've read books like that. Yeah, so... It's brutal. It is a brutal, and Tarkin would, after he did that, he would spend summers up there just living up there amongst all that. <laughs> so, like, for him to build this on his, this, like, his own base of operations on his home world, I found that to be interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, that's an interesting peek into his character because he's always so like bureaucratic. He's mm -hmm. not fighting, right? It's yeah. he gets other people to do his dirty work, and it's a different point of view. And it to know that he can do the dirty yeah. work yeah. if he survived and continually survived. To me, that means like that's his. He put his base of operations there because that one, he's probably prideful of his people, and two, like. It's his ego. Mm -hmm. I have conquered this world that tried to eat me. Mm -hmm. Therefore. It's the ultimate victory. Yeah. Look what I've risen above. Literally. Yeah. I'm the highest thing in this place. Yeah, I'm the top of the food chain. <laughs> that's interesting about him. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that want to learn more, read the book Tarkin and you'll get all the glimpses into that backstory. every moment of it. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you, if you want, you can hate him. Uh, he's, he's the bad guy, so you can, of course. But if you want to just get more into his mindset as to understand him more, then I, I didn't necessarily hate him while I was reading it. Like, he's not the super supreme-esque villain yet that's blowing up planets. No, I'll hate <laughs> him forever now. But speaking of hate, being angry, and disappointment, what is your current level of all of that against, like, a Saw Gerrera or a Sid right now? Um, I mean, I don't like them, but I can't hate them. I, I, I don't. So you're disappointed. I'm disappointed. I mean, they're, they've always been who they are. Like mm -hmm. they've never lied about who they are and they continue to act in the way they say they're going to act. So it's like, at some point it's like, I, I'm not going to say shame on the bad batch. They went where they were mm -hmm. desperate. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't go back to Papu. Maybe it was closer. That'd be my only assumption. Yeah, because they the were medical so hurt. So bad that they were like, we'll just go to SIDS first. Yeah, I mean, Omega was bad. So. Yeah, yeah and, and Hunter needed stitched up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine that they went there out of pure need. So, yeah, I mean, she's freaking annoying. And I want to, like, punch her in the throat. But beyond that, I'm like, well, she did what she said. Like, she acted as who she said she is. Mm. I think the showrunners, like, played with us a little bit in terms of, like, will she, won't she. Yeah. Because in Star Wars, there's the history of the rogue turning yeah. honorable. Oh, back to Han Solo, exactly. Yeah. And um, guy with cape. Han Solo's buddy. Oh, Lando? Yeah. yeah sorry. Yes. Guy Lando. With cape. Guy with cape, yes. <laughs> La uh, Lando, you know, same vibe even Cassie and Andor. Mm -hmm. So uh, we was like, oh, maybe she won't. But also maybe she will, and she did. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you hate them, her? No, I guess, you know, you always want, you hope that someone makes the right choice in the end. But yeah. you're. I think you're right on that one. Why should we have expected otherwise when they've never indicated that they would act otherwise? You know, <laughs> yeah, you kind of just want to like spit at their feet and then turn your back on them and be like, I'm not wasting energy on thinking about you. Mm -hmm. I have other things to deal with. Yeah, they've never indicated that they wanted to change. So why should we expect them to change when it comes push comes to shove? Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good point there. And I, I, I value that that 
that idea that you, you bring up there when it comes to that. Saul's really interesting. I love how throughout different series, we're getting glimpses of him mm -hmm. to understand how he gets to be that paranoid leader madman yeah. in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, I think he's just been in the fight for so long. It's just changed him irrevocably. It really has. It's lining up so well with where we know him from other pieces of canon, too. So the Clone Wars, we see him introduced there. We've seen him earlier on in the Bad Batch, the first two episodes or something like that. First episode, perhaps, even. And then this moment, Rebel Rising is the next book that will really move his story forward a bit. We're talking about how he, he picked up Jin and trained her and brought her into the fold and all that stuff and then abandoned her all the way up to rebels and or yeah. <laughs> in Rogue one. And I thought that they really did a great job making that leap from the guy that we saw at the beginning of, of season one to the fanatic that we see in rebels and Andor. I also see you now more, why he fails like he's a nuisance and he causes problems but it's kind of to the like oh i got like for how grand the empire is it's like his problems from what i understand are like oh the same level like oh dang it i spilled oil on my favorite shirt you know mm -hmm. and it's going to take forever to get out but it's a you know like he doesn't think big picture enough yeah exactly like when he's like i'm gonna kill all these leaders and it's like They'll just replace them. Yeah, I mean, it might take a minute, but they'll—it's a bureaucracy. They churn those things out in a minute, and it's not like they actually have true power. It's mm -hmm. the emperor, emperor, anyways. Yeah, you can't see that the information is more valuable than the the act itself of like making a shock. <laughs> and you can see how like who's the the main ringmaster in Andor? Luthen. Yeah, Luthen. Um, you can see how Saul Guerrero would be such a hard guy to manage. Mm -hmm. If you are Luthen, because loose cannon. he's a loose cannon, he can cause because the rub rebellion isn't established, he can cause major pain to them. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't think big picture enough. But he yeah. also commands loyalty of, in, of important people. So you're just like, oh man, you just don't think big enough. That's uh, why you don't. Absolutely. That's why you don't win. That's why. You, yeah, that's why you're you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's goes to say about the state of rebellious activity right now. Like there are cells out there, but. An event like this shows the need for a unified system mm -hmm. where someone is saying like, here's the objective, here are the goals, here are the resources we're putting into it. And here's the contingency plans, right? Because they had two competing groups at the same time right here and they couldn't come to agreement on that. And it's not even, yeah. And it's like Luthen is trying to do that in Andor and that's how many years later? Uh, from this point, let's say about 13. I think at this point, probably there just people are just like trying to work up the courage to rebel and like get support and like yeah. make other people realize they are rebelling. You know, like it's still such like they're still lighting the kindling. <clears throat> yeah, there's there's so much more to do. Yeah, it's, it's this is the height of the dark times, or no, maybe not this is the height, but it's ramping up. Yeah, <laughs> to it's, that it's peak. an exponential growth. Yeah, yeah, it, it's getting there. Um, and we saw like key players in this room here in the summit with Tarkin, with director, well, Commander Krennic at this point. He's not a director yet. Uh, I know we freaked out. 
I didn't even notice him at the start. And then rewatching him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's there. He's there. I didn't even think, like, Tarkin took the focus there. And, of course, they put that, like, dome. PowerPoint dome or three-dimensional. I was like, that's the Death Star. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's just a planetary system system or whatever yeah it was some weird powerpoint system that they were putting up on display three-dimensionally and <laughs> when they said stardust boy you and i were both like oh my god yes director krennic tell us about star project stardust yes <laughs> captain talking or whatever gosh i just love how he dies it makes me happy staring up at the weapon that he created yep uh it's beautiful um yeah heavy hitters in this room what did you make of the summit here? Did you have any thoughts on it overall, like seeing these major players? No, it was just a reminder to me that the Emperor has like a million different directions, mm -hmm. like yeah. plans on plans on plans on backup plans, you know? Yep, yep, entirely. There's just so many things happening and... Like a it's like a miracle that the rebellion wins ever it really even is. if it takes Absolutely. decades like it's just like oh my god um but this is also when they're strongest because they're new and they're excited and they're hungry mm -hmm. yep um idealistic <laughs> yeah in some ways um so no that, that was the only thing did you have any other thoughts? the only thought that i wanted to add is by adding hemlock to this group the, having them in the inner circle here it really elevates the work that he's doing to be on the same level as the Death Star. Yeah, it adds weight to the importance yeah. of it, which feeds back into your theory that this is how Palpatine feels he's going to be able to live exactly. forever. They'd be like, oh, the Emperor's secret project, and they talk later with Nalase about it uh, afterwards once Omega is captured. Yeah. And they're like, all right, you get to work now. I, I, we, the Emperor, we can't do this. Like, it's not possible. Make a way to make it possible. <laughs> I can't, I'm like give you credit from our predictions in the past uh you calling like that connection to such a leap for the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. i was mm -hmm. like wow but now it seems more and more like that's right i think so that's too. how important it is and it helped when the mandalorian is talking about similar things and the, the same episode of the week <laughs> oh yeah uh wild it, it, it all adds up uh, to explaining Exegol, if you will. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, because I think the Bad Batch will at least probably give us insight into it. I'm sure some, I mean, and then he's interrupted, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. he, and then I'd be curious to see, like, how far he gets in that process to even get to the point back where cloning is important in the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, like he gets interrupted, obviously. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, it wouldn't be dies. so important. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be so important. Mm -hmm. But there, obviously, he had, enough is done in the cloning technology. And, and there's the, a contingency plan for if he does die, what to do. Yeah, so. <sighs> just hurts, but it, <laughs> it's also fun to know that the Bad Batch isn't, you know, it plays such a key role in canon now. Mm -hmm. It's not just fun. Yeah, you can't disregard it. Yeah. Or just write it off as saying, like, oh, it's Clone Wars Season 8. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> season 8 or Season 9. It's, it's, it's its own thing now. Brutally important, yeah. Absolutely. It is its own thing. And something that was also brutally important or, or hurt to me was just... And they've been doing it the last three episodes now. I forgot to mention it last week, I believe. But in this episode, two episodes especially, where they were talking about, like, clones are Imperial property and using them as test subjects. And it's just like... Man, this really hits. This hurts. 
in a way. And seeing them hanging in the vats mm-hmm. at the end and yep. lying on the tables motionless. You're just like. They're just tests. Uh, they're lab rats. They're test subjects. They don't matter anymore. What show did we see where the Jedi were encased in fluid? That would be Obi-Wan Kenobi. That Obi-Wan. And that was like the trophy. Yeah. Trophy room. It gave me the same vibe mm-hmm. of like. Ugh. It's just sickening. It's just like, it's one of those things like, you're like, oh, it's a fake show. But if you think about it and like, you really sit with those ideas and like how that happened and how that person got in that vat, you're just like, oh my God, I just want to throw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> well, speaking of things that we talked about, you talked about, I called something, but you called something too. And Omega- this was the only balm to the ravaging. <laughs> organ that is my heart you were like you were you were so down and defeated and then you're like oh, i called it <laughs> and then immediately back to crying but immediately to but i did say that yep you immediately went to twitter to I, had, I don't tweet usually but i was like yep. i need to shout this from the internet rooftop to all 10 of your followers you had to yeah, let it be known <laughs> i don't care i was right um so omega does get captured as as we both surmise would happen uh, eventually in this in the episodes but it's silly how that doctor that we talked guess. about in last week's episode that seemed oddly sympathetic to crosshair is actually a clone of some sorts yeah and she claims to be a sister to omega what's what's the deal with this other clone <laughs> i think she's a clone like omega but sped up growth just like you the think other one sped up growth yeah. just like omega calls the bad batch her brothers mm-hmm. you know and it makes sense in my brain they do a female one to test yep yep why would a you blank a blank copy yeah. yep it works i don't know what her story is but then lamasu uh nala say lamasu is the prime minister oh my god i'm never nala say nala is in lion king okay <laughs> trying to find a way to remember it nala say in my mind saw that and was like, it'd be nice to have a child. Mm-hmm. Almost mm-hmm. like um, Django Fett. Yep, yep, yep. Django and Boba. Boba. And then probably had Omega and like just didn't do the expanded growth. That's like my headcanon right now. Yeah. It could be opposite of like, oh, we tried with Omega. Let's speed it up now. And like. It could be. I mean, there's a lot of questions now. More, more so but than But she answers. has cloning <laughs> knowledge. Mm-hmm. But that means she wasn't intimately involved with the Kaminoans if they still don't have all the secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps that was a Palpatine-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh he was like, I need, I, need, I need some scientists. Gross. And he was like, I need scientists here. Create, create a league of scientists for yeah. me. Or like, can you create someone who can then give birth to my clo- gross? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh whoa. <laughs> that's an interesting thought process, but I don't think that'll. <laughs> think about it. The best wife you could have for public would be a clone that you see as property. Who can then give birth to your progeny. Who's actually you. Mm. Mm. Gross. We don't know enough about cloning. So <laughs> we'll figure out how this all works out. And I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a wild theory. That's some speculation. <laughs> I like it, though. But I don't like it the same time. No, it's gross. It is gross. But I like where your mind is. I think people were, outside the box. Yeah, people were speculating yeah. on that stuff. Oh, when episode came... 9 happened. Yeah. The rampant speculation about things yeah. and coming to grips with stuff before we got an answer. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason I thought this woman could be an Omega was because... 
her voice was New, had the New they Zealand had the New accent, Zealand, yeah. and they're pretty clear on that being. Mm. Yeah. It was a little different, obviously, but I was like, "Oh, that's usually a clone voice or clone mm-hmm. accent." I was like, "Oh, are we potentially looking at what Omega could look like in the future?" <laughs> Just a brunette version. Well, yeah. I mean, some people are blonde and then lose it as they're older. Yeah. I kind of like the brown hair that just threw everyone, it throws everyone off a little. If it was blonde, you'd be like, oh, easy peasy. Or it's like, what if this is Django Fett's sister and it's not actually a clone? <laughs> yeah. And then they took that DNA and then that's actually her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're, just, we're thinking outside the box here. But right I now. was right. But you called it. Somewhat, somewhat of a clone. That's all. I, guys, audience, I'm clinging to this because otherwise I'm just sad. I need yeah. to be proud. Yeah, you should be proud. This is a good one. This is a good one. You called that. Unfortunately, you also called the the tragedy of relationships in Star Wars. <laughs> and frankly, that leads us at the end of these two episodes here. We're at the end of season two uh, for the Bad Batch. If we get one, where do we go in season three? And uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about that? Well, obviously, Hunter has gone all taken. Mm-hmm. He's in taken mode yep. now. Yep. Um, I saw so many, like, cute and heartbreaking memes of Hunter, like, rubbing Omega's hair, like, brushing Omega's mm. hair when she came to after being injured. And it was just so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so just heartbreaking. Like he started identifying as a father, obviously. How paternal, yes. He was like, "We're not going to waste tech sacrifice. We're going to go back and be safe." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I think one finding Omega, which means aligning with the rebels, maybe using all those contacts they built up, because a lot of those contacts last. This past in that season two, Omega cultivated mm-hmm. through yep. her "let me help you" attitude. So I could see them calling in favors. Yeah, I think that would help. Like, hey, remember that girl? <laughs> they yeah. they took her. We need your help. So I think it's going to be mostly that, and then I think it's going to be Omega learning secrets about cloning and what the emperor mm. emperor is trying to do. That's a good point because we have an inside voice now that they can transition to. Yeah, I think it's. It's not going to, that's how they're going to teach the audience what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Is by having that. Ins- and then also I think her and Crosshair probably bonding. Yeah, that th- that also helps too. But there's no tech anymore. No tech. No tech. No tech. The shirt I bought with all their names is just like now a memorial it's shirt. It's a shrine. It's a shrine. It's a shrine <laughs> to good times and good good friends and the memories that we have with each other. <laughs> I know a lot of people on the internet were like, oh, we got character development. Why would you kill him off? And it's like. That's what you do. In stories. That's what you do in stories is oh. you make people care because he was so robotic last yeah, season. You give them this avenue and you make the audience create a, a relationship with yeah. them. Yeah, empathize, connect. Because we already had empathy with Echo from Clone Wars. Mm hmm. We got a lot of empathy with Wrecker and Hunter in season one. Because mm-hmm, they were closest with Omega. Crosshair, different deal. We're, we're learning about him through his own journey. Mm-hmm. Tech was the one where, like, 
oh, he was a good foil to Wrecker. That, that's all we knew. And I'm a walking Wikipedia page. That Bad Batch is screwed without his knowledge. Mm-hmm. And his yeah. piloting skills. Both. Absolutely. They are at they a, a disadvantage. Uh, and they don't have Omega who's learning to fly too. <laughs> but I think that's why they're going to have to pull on so many threads mm-hmm. to get the favors um, to get her back. I am here for Hunter just being angry and fierce for a whole season because I feel angry. <laughs> so he will be a good like, oh, I see myself in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's, that's good. Do you think that it could, if we get one, do you think it ends with season three? <laughs> no, it really opened up a wound. I don't want it to end. Wow. Um, I honestly don't know yet because mm-hmm. I don't know how much they're trying to share with us about the Emperor's plans. Okay, I think that's I think that's a good point. It depends how much they want to share and how much of they want to share of the start of the rebellion. I could see a fourth season where them like digging deep into the rebellion if they rescue Omega, which I assume they would. If they mm-hmm. do not rescue Omega after sacrificing yeah, Tech, I then I will lose my mind. I'll lose it. Um, I could see them rescuing her. And then, like, them riding off into the sunset in terms of whatever, like, probably at this yeah. point, like, fighting and, yeah. and or resting. I don't, I don't know. I don't know at this point. It's 100% Meow. either way. <laughs> it could go either way, 100%. <laughs> That's wild. There is a multiverse. <laughs> there is a multiverse where both happen. <laughs> True. I guess, in my I mean, mind, they gave the roadmap at the end of this season where he was like, Let's go to Pabu. You do you want to live there? We're happy to live there and put all this behind and not be soldiers anymore. Do you want to live there and grow up? That's kind of where I see them. When this ends, that's where they are. That's their goal. That's their dream. That's that's it, right? I think that's if their they dream don't, right now. If they all make it. If they all make it, I feel like that's where they they go. I hope so. I could also see them being so changed by what they have to do to survive in the next season. But they could also do that, and that could read more seasons but if they go with that game plan i think they get omega they say we're done we've done everything we're gonna go into we're done with war season three calls it in (laughs) i think for their personal journeys yeah a fourth season would be if they're trying to tell a bigger story through them Mm -hmm. about the dark times which as much as i hate to say it they could close the bad batch Mm-hmm. close the Bad Batch of Season 3 and then start Rex and Echo's adventures. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, yeah. Call it a new story, whatever that is. Boba Fett and Mando are already like that weaving of worlds and exactly. leading into stories. Is I mean, they've already set precedent. Mm-hmm. And they also could do... There's just so much happening in the Dark Times because of how many cells of rebels there are. that exactly. You could bleed in a lot of other stories. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. I don't know. It's just not, it's none of it's a happy ending for the people who are fighting in these times, but I'd rather see them than not see them at all. Rex gets a little bit of a happier end. We like to know he makes it. <laughs> yeah. We know he makes it past Return of the Jedi. So who knows? We may actually, I'm speculating here. 
Mer Morrison's back in the fold. Put a beard on that man. Put him in Ahsoka. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's that was also a bomb. I know this is a bad batch thing, but seeing Zeb after in the Mandos. <laughs> it's okay. Episode, that episode's out already. We can talk about it. I was just so I was like, oh, I'm so happy to see someone I like. And it's such a surprise and he looks great. Yeah, what a night for surprises. Cause we I did the same, <laughs> like grabbing your shoulder for Krennic and for Zeb. <laughs> I was like, oh, this helps me. Sometimes I, I did think that night I was like, did they release on top of each other so Bad Batch fans could have something else to hold on to than mm -hmm. just sitting in text death, yeah. just stewing in it for a month while Mando came out. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very excited for celebration news about the Bad Batch. Yep. Um, Monday is the panel, so hopefully we get some more announcements about an upcoming season three. I think the showrunners, director, like the whole crew did such a fantastic job. The cast brought these characters to life. I just love all these characters so much, and I'm so sad one of them's gone. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. We have to mourn it. We have to process it. We, I, I think that would be the nice thing about being at Celebration would be you're amongst other Star Wars fans that you yeah. can almost have, like, grieving together with each other well, i immediately went to twitter afterwards because yeah. i was like i need to see other people feeling my pain oh and they felt it and yeah. there were some hilarious and devastating tweets and um did you feel a sense of community from that I definitely feel because uh, because I follow you and I like all your stuff. My Twitter feed is literally all of you and your followers. Yeah, but your, your for you page really is just Star Wars. <laughs> so I definitely feel a community there, um, and I like hearing people's voices and stuff. And it is nice to know I can go to a source and like just grieve with everyone. That being said, I have not done that for TikTok. One, I don't want TikTok to only be Star Wars, but two, I can't handle like people's real voices. Yeah. It's nice to re read it, but uh... <laughs> I wonder if they'll do something at celebration, like a little like tech farewell. <laughs> well, one, one of the meetups or something like that could be like a send off for tech or something like that. Oh my gosh! Or all the cosplayers that did Bad Batch. Oh, if I if I see pictures of broken goggles, I will lose it. Oh. I feel like that's too soon for them to make changes to their outfits. These people are experts. Breaking, I mean, a, Making broken goggles is not... That's true, at least they do have some... Give a cosplayer 84, you know, 78 to 100 plus hours of notice and they can make anything happen. So. You know some of them have already made the new armor updates. I believe that for sure. I believe that for sure. I can't wait to see pictures. But yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll keep an eye out for all the cosplay going on. All right. Yeah, it was... A lovely season. Yeah. I think when I have some time, I'm going to really enjoy. It's a fun season to go back and watch because they have such. I now enjoy those filler, like what people called filler episodes yeah. of them just going on an adventure. They're building to this moment. Because now I can just see them all together, enjoying mm -hmm. each other, having moments, learning. Um, I'm not going to do that anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You're allowed to let it sit for a minute. I think that's right. I would be more mm -hmm. concerned if you went immediately back to it. Were you happy with the overall season? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it a lot. I thought what it did for Star Wars and the stories that it was telling was really great. I love that they didn't feel hindered at all. 
or give in to complaints that people may have had. They felt confident in the story that they were doing, and you could tell that the creators did exactly that. They they were hundred percent behind what they what they did and why they did it, and knew that there was a story and a logical plan that they had set out from the beginning, and they stuck to it. It was intentional. Exactly, and yeah. the animation was. I thought season one was incredible, but I thought season two stepped it up even more. Oh my gosh, that scene at the when like it's almost like the war Omega's coming to Yeah, shell shocked. She's shell shocked and you're seeing it from a I was like, this is great directing. Absolutely. I love seeing this different it was style. Saving Private Ryan on, yeah. on uh, the Bad Batch. Yeah, I was impressed. I was really impressed with that. Mm -hmm. and, and to that point too, they were they wore their influences on their sleeve, right? We got an Indiana Jones inspired episode. We got Goonies inspired episode. Aliens. Got, inspired. Aliens, exactly. Godzilla. There was they were just they allowed themselves to be fans and put it through the Star Wars lens yeah. and created these great new stories filtered through that medium. And I, I love Star Wars animation, and this was just another great addition to that catalog. I think Star Wars animation gives some of the best character development Agreed. ever. Agreed. This is very much like you talk. I talk about like I quote unquote the disciples of Lucas, and these are definitely people that studied Lucasisms. Mm -hmm. And brought it to the forefront so that these stories don't languish. They continue. You'll have to, over the next months or so, you'll have to gauge your audience's reactions of if they'd like a, um, a live watch, <laughs> a live stream of us watching a, yeah. a major episode. Because <laughs> the emotions on our faces, I'm sure, were hilarious and, and just heartbreaking and nuts. What we should do is, I know Star Wars Explained does this. They do the video of it for their patrons. So maybe that's something we could look into. Um, yeah. But they, they take like pictures. They like, they will go through and they'll just like snapshot some pictures of like big moments and stuff like that. My, I, mean, some of them. I mean, do I want my <laughs> sobbing face on the internet? I don't know, but it it's was entertaining. It's good content nonetheless. <laughs> I hope, you, I, I don't hope the audience is in pain, but I also hope you're in pain because it meant you loved the story yeah. and I'm not alone. <laughs> Did you, what, do you have any final thoughts on the season yourself? I want to let you have as much airtime as you want on this, on this topic here. No, I'll just be emotional for a while. And that's I just think thinking. because of how emotional I am and how hard it is to let go of a character, I think that's a testimony to the storytelling. And yeah. I'm just really happy Lucasfilm decided to tell this story. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. In the face of canceling Clone Wars a couple of years ago, 10 years ago at this point, frankly, we're now at this point. Yeah. So out of, out of a tragedy comes so much positive when enough people get together and say, I want Clone Wars finished. I want Clone Wars finished. Finish Clone Wars. And now we get your favorite Star Wars out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lifelong fan now. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite episode this season, Elise? <sighs> if, you, if you can think of one off the, off the top of your head. I'm really bad at this. Um... I love, I mean, this, I'm probably recency biased given what happened, but I loved the tech Omega moment in the cave. Yep, me too. That one. And then also because Wreckers like screamed down the cave waterfall. Ah! I mean, it, it had great comedic bits. <laughs> we saw different interactions between the Bad Batch themselves and then with Omega and tech. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a good encapsulation of the growth that happened this season. Um, 
And Crosshair's episodes were very powerful. He's not my favorite character. I don't connect with him like a lot of the audience does, but his they were very powerfully directed and mm-hmm. I and intentional. I like how intentional they are with him. And he yeah. he's not used a lot, but he's used well. Exactly. Which one, which one's your favorite? I would also say it was the one with Omega and Tech. I can't remember the exact title off the top of my head, but that was in terms of, because I always look at the the things that stick with me in Star Wars overall are the lasting lessons that we can take away from them. These are important lessons. So at the core, Star Wars is a coming-of-age story for you know kids that are 10 to 12 years old to learn important lessons as they're going off into the world and to use that to become better people at the end of the day. Yeah. And one of the big lessons from that episode is in communicating and talking with each other about your feelings and saying that it's okay to do so. But, and you know, we even use it all the time since that episode happened where tech literally says, just because I don't process things the same way you do, doesn't mean I don't process them in my own way, which we actually brought up in the episode as we were watching it here where you're like, why aren't you bawling? I know I've been bawling for 10 minutes and I didn't see any emotion on your face and you Patted me on the shoulder and said, just remember that we all don't express and experience emotion the same way. And I was like, damn you for bringing in a tech lesson after tech's death. Yep. But fine. It's a fair point. Fair point. But how dare you? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's been a, oh, what a week. So that'll be a big lesson I take away from this season overall is talk through things. Let, Let people know how you're feeling, but also it's okay to react differently to things and that's something we just need to process in our own way and give yourself the time and space to do so my final thought i think is that scene in that episode and then the overall story i think i'm so excited to watch the bad batch with my niece when Mm -hmm. she gets older because it's such a great show to talk about friendship family courage patience, mm-hmm. emotions, and also loss. Um, Cause it deals with really hard themes. And I think it's going to be just a great, it's one of those things where I could watch with my niece when she's pretty young and just keep it really surface level and then rewatch it and like yep. talk about different yep. stuff, rewatch it again, talk about different stuff. And then it just be like a favorite of ours. Am I putting on her that she'll even want to watch it? I might. Well, she's her- going to be in a household where it's on. Yeah, so she doesn't have a choice in the matter. She can she can choose to say I don't want to watch it after she's watched it once, but we're already making her Nubs as number one fan from the Young Jedi Adventures. So, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I think it's just such <laughs> a great series of timeless themes to, told really well and very I think succinctly, honestly, in yeah. a way that's because Clone Wars is a, a lot, and I think already in two seasons we're getting. Yeah. A lot of information. So absolutely. Anyways, that's my last thought. Love you, Bad Batch, forever and always. So I've got one last question for you, and I want to end on a fun note here. Okay. We've seen a lot, since Zeb being a great example of characters making that leap into live action from animation, other medium sources, etc. If there is one character from season two of the Bad Batch, can be any of them, that you want to see in live action the next whatever it is what character is it and why okay 
if I want to see anyone from the Bad Batch, I think it's Wrecker. Mm-hmm. One, I love him. And two, I think he's easier for Tamara Morrison to do. You want him roided out? To... Well, he already has like a very buff body. He has a shaved head. He already has that like. I think he needs to, he would need to add on a lot more muscle to equate to Wrecker. CG him a little bit. To That's fine. Body suit maybe. But maybe? I, can, yeah. I can't see him. I see him being a more convincing Wrecker than Hunter. For mm-hmm. example. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We've just seen so many. I don't know. It would be so freaking awesome to see an older Omega one day. Too. I would just. I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just all of them. All of them. <laughs> Give me it all. I'll take any character from the Bad Batch making their way. Yeah. What about you? Hemlock. Oh, I forgot about I him. I want to hear that voice in live action. You get the same actor to do it. He the does haircut. not look like that, but he does not look like that. Give him the haircut. His voice and face we'll do happen. not give it actually looks vibe. like Sam Witwer. Someone pointed this out online. He looks like who? Sam Witwer, the voice of Maul. Let me pull it up here on our... Uh, Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks like Sam Whitwer. So maybe maybe Whitwer could do the because he's so good at doing voices. He does the he does Molly, he he does learn, the Emperor. I'm sure he could. If he could learn Hemlock's voice, she saw that TikTok where I showed where yeah, he did he the various really stages of Maul. <laughs> yeah, any of the bureaucrat. Yeah, Hemlock would be great. Um, also, now that we've seen Zeb, I would love to see a Kaminoan in live action. We have seen a Kaminoan in live action. When? Attack of the Clones. They're all there. Nala say? Donway? Why did I think they were? Lama Sue? They're all there. Right. Obi-Wan okay. Sits I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I just kind it's of... It's okay. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that whole history. There's a lot of Star Wars out there. It's okay. You don't need to remember it. <laughs> I guess I just picture, like... I'd love to see them now. I don't know. I don't know. You, you're thinking, because they're CG characters, of yeah. course. You would like to see a more practical approach. Yeah. If possible. I don't think it's I don't possible. know if it's possible. Zeb this, was not possible. Zeb was definitely not. Ahsoka was about as close as they could get, because, but all the time that... Ruined. Cad Bane. Cad Bane is... Yeah. Yeah, Cad Bane. Yeah. I mean, hey, it is possible. Anyways, I, audience, that was a moment. That was a that was a that was a, that wasn't a great moment for me on that one. But whoops. <laughs> You're hoping that one day, if a, if a, if they were able to do practically for um, a Kaminoan, that we'd see it. Let's say two or three years down the line at another celebration where they do a, a Mandalorian exhibit again. Where they just throw all yeah. the stuff that they've done for the Mandoverse into a room. And you could see the behind the scenes of how they did the costumes and all that stuff like we did with Cad Bane that you could see a little pointed head. and Because I can't even <laughs> say like, oh, I'd want to see it in CG now. Because from what I remember, the CG of the Kim and Owens was really good. And yeah, it was. Number two. Yep. I don't know what my brain was thinking. Yeah, Hemlock would be great. A, an older Omega, I think, mm-hmm. would be really awesome. If only because that means there's a big 
moment for the story. I think uh, to that point too, I'd like an older Fee Genoa, maybe in like the Mandoverse. So we get Wanda Sykes in <laughs> Star physically in the Star Wars. I think that would just yeah. be fun. <laughs> physically, she's a little different than how she is in. Uh... Well, that's what's older. So you know, add. She just 20... lost seven inches of height. Just add twenty years. Yeah, things happen. Yeah, I mean, there. It'd be even be interesting to see Sid. Because I believe Sid mm. survives. Like mm. she's Sid's a, cock- a survivor. She's a cockroach, yep. you know, just scurrying yep. around. So she'd be interesting too. She should be running Chalman's Cantina and in, 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 on Tatooine. She doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. No. no, not yet. She still has a chance for redeeming herself. <sighs> she had remorse on her face. She she knew she made a. I don't care bad choice she should but... this should eat at her soul it should eat it, at... the guilt should be taking little nibbles <laughs> at her soul uh, well we'll see how the guilt affects her or the hopefully we get a season three announcement coming up very soon here uh fingers crossed on all that but thanks again elise for coming on for these what 13 14 weeks here talk my Bad pleasure I mean, uh, what, what a, a journey what a fun time it's been what a journey yeah. it's been to talk about sure your... i'll bully my way on for some random episode in the future Bully your way on. You always have an open seat. So just ask. I ask you a lot if you want to come on. <laughs> I know I have to give you some leeway. <laughs> some run time, if you will, to know that you're coming on. But we'll have you on the show for certain coming up soon. Who knows what's down the pipeline with uh, new shows coming out. Ahsoka is going to be in the near future here. I know uh, there will probably be some characters in there that you like. So maybe you want to come talk about them. But yeah, it's just been a fun ride. Yeah. And of course, we're not ramping up, you know, slowing down our production of episodes at all on Force Ghost Conversations because, boy, CouchCon is next week. I know. Plus an episode of The Mandalorian, and we've got so much going on here. Of course, I talked about it in the preamble, but just be sure you're uh, set up with all of our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube will be important. YouTube will be important, exactly. We'll be doing recap live streams Monday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And of course, we'll do our watch-alongs on Twitter for The Mandalorian Chapter 1 and Return of the Jedi, Friday and Saturday, respectively. And, of course, Instagram, you and I will be down at Gordon Ramsay's Munching on Fish, and, fish chips. and Chips. Yep, having a good time there, doing an Instagram Live Ask Us Anything or Ask Me Anything, perhaps. <laughs> you can ask me most things. You can ask you anything, frankly. You just choose whether to answer it or not. Yeah, um, I'll just take a bite of my chips if I don't want to. Yep, exactly. They'll say, nope, no reply, no answer, hump. <laughs> But yeah, just keep keep up to date with all that on our social media channels, particularly Twitter. It's probably you'll find uh, most up to date details for us on that. But uh, it's an exciting time for Star Wars, of course. Let's celebrate all the goodness that it is, and uh, let's uh, remember the fallen. <laughs> oh, remember the fallen, indeed, indeed. Well, Elise, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. And for those of you at home, thanks for listening and for joining us for this entirety of the season. Of course, we're still doing our Mando discussions, and then we'll figure out what we're talking about afterwards then as more news from Celebration comes out. Uh, But with that, folks, may the Force be with you. Take care. Mm